Testing, testing. One, two, three. Is it working? Sweet. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> uh, it's working. This is for you guys, just so I don't run over too long. Um, so I'll begin with a, just a prayer, and so we'll start off. So, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to share the awesome things you've done in my life. And I just thank you that you give me the words to explain and share and get across what you want me to, to say. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, it all started, I was like, at work, and I'm like, ah, oh, well, it was about like, I think, would have been March, April-ish. And I was like, God, I really want more. I was trying to give him a hint. I want more, as in I want to, I want to pay rise. I want a new, I want a new role. Give, I want more. And then all of a sudden, I get this email from Pastor about a week later. Pastor Nessa, hey, do you want to do? Uh, can you do a speak on faith? I'm like, all right then. <laughs> Not what I was asking. I probably should have been a bit more specific. I want more money and a pay rise <laughs> and a new title. <laughs> but. That was all good. And then the awesome thing about that is, is when you step out with God, he'll give you what, you, what to talk about. And, like, he'll give you the next thing. So I was like, what do I talk about, God? And then so he pretty much, right back from then, he's like, I had a sense of what I, I, want, what I want to talk about and what I should talk about. So what I'm going to talk about today is a little bit of faith, a lot of bit of faith. And, but it's my personal experience with um, hearing answers from God, you know, because... Um, oh, well, pretty much I, what happens is I'm quite a, I like a logical flow and stuff like that. And when I find a pattern that I can work with, I don't actually have to know the ins and outs of it. I can quite happily just roll again, reuse that pattern, reuse that pattern. And then it's like, eventually I'll be like, oh, how does that work? And then I look into it a bit more. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'll start off with a little story. And there I am. And our awesome brown van we had back in the day, sitting outside of school. All of us kids are kind of like hunched under the window, so like no one can see us in the, no one can see us in the van. And all of us are about to escape out of the, escape out of the van. And then mum, mum's like, hold on a second, everyone stay here. We got to pray for someone. We got to pray. Someone's got um, a test on today, like mum always did. Whenever, whenever one of us kids had a test or an exam on. She'd get us all around, and we'd have to pray for the, the kid, and it would normally go something along the lines of, um, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would bring back what, we, what they have learned to their memory. And I'd be like, oh, cool. And then she'd let us escape out of the van and like try and get away so no one can see us. <laughs> and so, and so today, that day, it was my turn, because it was my first exam of my schooling career, you know. And then... <laughs> Then, so I was like, we're out, and then fast forward about oh, a few hours, I can't remember. I'm sitting there in this exam. I can't remember, it's probably English. They were never my strongest ones. <laughs> Reading the questions, and like, not a, lot, not, a lot, not a whole lot's coming back. You're like, oh, that one, that one's skipping through. You know, I like to, I like to see which, exam, uh, which questions I can smash out first and be like, oh, yeah, I know that one, that one, that one, cool. And then I'm like, oh, look at the questions. Like, oh man, there's there's not a lot of them I can answer, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, at this point, I was getting a little bit worried, and so I like, remember back in Mum's prayers from the morning. I was like, well, can't hurt, can it? <laughs> so I was like, 
so quietly, so no one can hear me, because I'm in the middle of an exam at the moment, so I'm like real quietly being like, God. Um, uh, is it? So I'm like, I, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you bring uh, back what I've learned to my remembrance. And yes, I did use remembrance, because I didn't even know sure that was a word, but... <laughs> I remember someone hearing someone use it. I'm like, man, that's super spiritual. Oh, that's good. <laughs> but the thing that happened is this like weird sense of peace came over me. I'm like, oh, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> and then before I knew it, I was like filling in the answers one by one. It was easy as. And I was like, hmm, I've got a few more exams coming up. Can I use this again? <laughs> So it was like, it just repeated it, all those exams. I used it through my whole schooling career. And I found out, like, the first pattern, and so this is one of the first spiritual patterns I could found I could replicate over and over and over again. And first time I, first time I looked at it, looked at, I, I found there were three points I could do. And so the first one was, get in a difficult situation. <laughs> For me, it was pretty much like exams and tests and stuff like that, things which I didn't know. And then the next one would be, pray to God for my answers. And then I'd get the answers. And then the other thing was like, this doesn't make sense. There's like, I got my three points, but then it's like, ah. Oh. And then I was looking at the whole process. And one thing, like, back, looking back, such a good thing. And then I saw there was, I was missing my step zero that I was in my three step process so far. <laughs> and it was, uh, I, I, I didn't even know, but I had built a solid foundation. And so I did this by having a couple of scriptures that I knew really, really well. And these ones were relating to God giving me wisdom. Because, you know, a little bit of truth time. As a teenager and early adult, I can't say I prayed a lot. <laughs> I didn't read my Bible much. And I barely ever spoke in tongues. <laughs> but what I did do, it's pretty much like every day, I'd speak out Psalm 91 aloud, which like we used to do in the van when we were driving up to Maranatha. I think it was Pastor Seth would make us all speak that, speak that out. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and oh man, a lot of situations, man. I walked away thinking about, how did I come out of that uninjured? But that's another for another story, because <laughs> Psalm 91 is all about protection. And so, hey Josh, you'd remember that. <laughs> and the other, but the other thing I did... Most days, you know. I spoke from the Victory Program, the wisdom for young, uh, young people. You know, because it's like, the thing was, I liked it, because it was already personalized. It was like, me, I. And because, you know, as a teenager, you're the only one that exists in the world. <laughs> no one knows what's happening. No, one, no one's been through it like you have. <laughs> And no one else can relate. So if you see me and I, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> and so some of the ones I loved to use was like, like, Lord Jesus, my goal is to be wise. The first step to becoming wise is to trust and respect you. Only fools refuse to be taught. I listen to you and my father and mother. And, uh, and what I learn from them will stand me in good stead. It will gain me many honors. Like that's Proverbs 1 verse 7 to 9. And other ones were like, Lord, you grant me wisdom. Your every word is a treasure of knowledge and understanding. You grant me good sense. You're my shield, protecting me and guarding my pathways. Proverbs 2, verse 6 to 8. You show me how to distinguish right from wrong, how to find the right decision every time, for wisdom and truth enter the very center of my being, filling my life with joy. Proverbs 2, verse 6 and 8. Oh, sorry, 2, verse 9 and 10. And Lord Jesus, I'll never forget the things you've taught me. I want a long and satisfying life. So I closely follow your instructions. 
I will never forget to be truthful and kind. I hold these virtues tightly. I write them deep within my heart. I desire a favour from both God and man, a reputation, good judgment and common sense. I trust you completely. I do not trust myself. And <laughs> uh, everything I do, I put you first and you direct me and you crown my efforts with success. Proverbs 3 verse 1 to 6. And I was thinking about it. That's cool that I know of that and, and, and I know them and like, they're, real, they're real good. But then... I was like, how, how did I know I built a solid foundation? And this one actually, I only learned out recently how I could identify this. And it was when Pastor was talking about the confession of unto faith and the confession of faith. And in the series it was. So I'll use myself for the, as the example as I am, the whole thing, because it's all about me. <laughs> um, so I can tell when I've built a solid foundation about it, about a scripture or a piece, a piece of the... Um, like faith is because when I first start speaking out you know you're like oh it's it, it feels a bit fake you know like I know it's truth and I know that God will do it but I just can't put two to two, two and two together how is he going to do it for me how is it how's that going to happen for me because I've seen it for someone else I've seen someone else have it happen pretty easily but how is he going to do that for me and but at some point I just you keep on saying it and keep on saying it and then all of a sudden, I, I can't really put the pinpoint on it, but when, you, when, you, when it is, it's like, instead of being like, I'm not sure how it is, all of a sudden, like, you, your spirit rises up a little bit. You, know, you get more excited as you say it. And then the more you say it, you get more excited. And, like, the other thing that happens, like, yeah, you still can't put two and two together. I don't know how God manages to give me knowledge from somewhere to sort some issue. But it, it just becomes an issue. It doesn't, uh, but I know I will. And so, yeah, to, to sting it down, it comes down to there's two things I can point to. When I read the scripture, and like my spirit man, you know, kind of gets up and jumps around, feels like, he, like you're just waiting in anticipation. And the other one is that doubt disappears. And so that's my two things. And then the other one was my next step in my awesome, now it's a four-step program. Actually, it's probably a five in the end. <laughs> five-step program of how I hear from God is I ask for help. You've got to pray, you know? Because um, this God really talked to me about this in the 40 days of prayer, which we did earlier in this year. You know, I mean, back, back then I didn't really understand prayer. It didn't make too much sense to me because I was always doing the one-way thing, <laughs> you know, just pray to God, and I would wait for him to talk back to me. <laughs> so I was like, this is a bit boring. <laughs> So these, these scriptures kind of, these scriptures really help me. I mean, it's like, it, it's, I tell you the truth. My father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. John 16, verse 23 and 24. And the other one is, you do not have what you want because you've not asked. And James 4, verse 2. So this makes so much sense to me. How can... God or anyone else give you what you want if you don't tell them. I know God knows all things, but you're telling him is your faith action. So, when I ask or pray to God for my, for my questions, I like I use a simple prayer because honestly, for me, actually, the simpler the better because the more, it has more of my actual heart in it. And if I try and make it sound a bit better, go on a bit longer than what I should do, 
my head gets in the way and starts putting in all these extra words. It's a little bit unnecessary, and then they kind of go off on a little tangent, and like you're not sure, and then you've got to try and bring it back somehow, and, but you're not quite sure, you see. And so it just, it just ends up taken away from the whole process. <laughs> but, you know, most of my prayers would go along these lines, God, and I was like, I do not know what's going on in this program slash solution slash I don't know this question, you know. But I thank you that you know all things, and you are giving me the answer to this. In Jesus' name, amen. So, and from there, I'd normally get my answers in about three ways. I'd hear from God in about three ways. They're, they're pretty static. They're pretty good for me. <laughs> this is something I found out a lot by a lot of trial and error, you know. <laughs> but like everything in your faith work, there's a, there's a few things that you know are going to work for everyone. You know, like you're building your foundation and speaking um, and praying to God after that and using your faith. But then how you, how you get your answer is a completely different thing because it depends on the person and on how you interact with people, how God interacts with you, what you find, like people who love music will find music, will speak to them a lot more and things like that. So the first, what I really like, this is my preferred way to get it, <laughs> is I like to, if I quiet myself down, it's my ideal way, and then... Because, you know, the amount of times I've um, got the answers of what I should, like pretty much what I should Google. 90% of the time I ask God for, like, work. I'm like, I don't even know what's going on here. Can you help me out? Is when I'm at the gym with Sam. Me and him are lifting some big weights. And all you got to do is, like, that's the only thing you can think of at that point in time. You're like, I just got to, you got to kind of clear your mind and get under the squat bar. You're like, got quite a bit of weight on you. And then, like, all of a sudden you come out. Once you stop being lightheaded, you're like, <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. God's like, oh, here you go. You know, just because you're quieting yourself and you stop thinking about the problem hard out and gave him time to give, talk to you. <laughs> or the other time I like is when I go for a walk. I, I work at, like, the Open Polytechnic, so right where we are is, like, Riverside Drive with all these nice little river walks and stuff. And there's a cool little golden retriever down the end of one street that, like, comes up to the fence and you can pat him. <laughs> you know, like those kind of things. <laughs> and so... <laughs> And so, like, when I'm doing that kind of stuff, that's 90% of the time when, oh, well, that's, like, one of my favorite ways to get it done because it's so much easier. But if that one doesn't work for me or I need more knowledge on the solution, uh, more understanding and knowledge on what I need to fix, I, have to, I walk, towards or walk or work towards a possible solution. So when I first started um, my career as a junior developer, I was under the tutelage of Sam, who's my gym dad and work dad. Um, so we, he, he, would, he was teaching me all this good stuff, and then he kind of moved on to another area. Still in the same place, but another area. But I took his advice of um, make yourself valuable to the business. I'm like, oh, cool, we'll do. And so we had this lady, and she was, a, um, it was, she was looking after these core systems we had. And they were, they were very important, you know, because where I work, we work a lot with students, and now, because we're distance, these systems are quite important. And so she was looking after them, and I kind of stepped under her and had, had uh, looked at like the systems as well. I was under learning and stuff like that, and I took a bit of a different level, uh, and I took some other learning as well. And then all of a sudden she's gone, and then you know, you know, workplaces. Instead of hiring someone else, you're like. 
Europe. I'm like, ah, thank you. <laughs> and, and then so all of a sudden, a couple of years go on, and then it's like things are starting to break down the frontier. You know, like it's a it's an old system now. It's really old now, but back then it was old. It, it needed more maintenance. You know, things like didn't know. So things were going wrong. And so the amount of times I was like googling, I was like. I barely knew the system and stuff like that. And so I was like Googling random words, being like, uh, and so I'd be looking up these coding articles. And I'm like, not even really sure what they are. They're talking English, talking about something about, um, uh, was it re replacing registry keys? I didn't really know much about that. All I know is you never touch that because that could kill your whole computer. <laughs> so you, you don't want to do that. And, but I'd be there for a couple of hours trying to understand it. And then out of nowhere, I'd just get like a random random words, like string of words to me, didn't make sense to me, to like Google it. I'd be like, okay, do that. And it'd be like one of the first two um, results would be like the answer. But the only reason I knew the answer is because I'd read all this stuff before about it and they like, I could piece it together. I was like, oh, that's why it works. Because I just got enough knowledge about it. Because if I got that straight away, it just still wouldn't make sense to me. It's like, oh, it's just some more, some more technical garbage, <laughs> really. <laughs> so. But then I also have the other solution. I was like, no, oh, I'm only like halfway through. No, I'll quick it up. <laughs> yeah. The other quick one then is, okay, so um, the other way is like walking towards a possible solution. So at one point I went through, I was a bit bored at work, so I went through a lot of interviews. And then so going to interviews and you're like, oh, cool. Walking towards it, and like all of a sudden, I'm like, man, I just actually don't. I feel kind of uneasy about this. I don't know what it is. There's something like whenever I think about it, it's like oh, I don't know. And then, so as it comes along, and then I need to find out when I'm like one of the last two people there. It's like the job what I applied for is actually not not what it matches. And like the whole time, and I was like, oh, this just doesn't make sense. And then all of a sudden, like one of the, I was going through that process, and I'm pretty sure I was past Vanessa. I was talking about let peace be your guide, and I was like. All of a sudden, it made sense to me now. It's like this thing that God was trying to tell me, that like was guiding me. It was like, as I walked towards the solution of getting a new job, it was like my peace left. And that uneasy feeling was my peace being gone. I was like, what is this? And then so now, now it's, I know that like the peace, I was trying to, yeah. So the more I walked towards those things, the more I felt it, uh, less peace. So what I try and do is when I... Uh, ask God a question. I walk towards a solution, and if that solution brings me unease and no, and get removes my peace, I know that's the wrong one. So I take another. I look for another solution, and then my other third way is do nothing for now. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the third one, it, it's, I've only had to do this one a couple of times, so I'm still kind of learning this one a bit. But there was just like recently about this system that I was looking after. Microsoft did an update. Uh, security update and just killed the system. Like, <laughs> just everything stopped working. Boss comes to me, he's like, hey, can you fix this? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll give it a try. We had a term for it. We just, like, give it the boot, which was a reboot of all the servers, and then normally it works good. <laughs> so we did, I did that, and I did some other things I'd normally do, that, which I'd normally check and make sure it's all working. And all of a sudden it's like, then I prayed, and then, like, then I prayed about it. I'm like, nothing. So I'm like, all right. Cool. <laughs> So I did nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, and then um, from there, 
Um, oh, yeah, then I raised the help desk ticket with our support supplier. And then, yeah, I just left it. And then about three days later, they came back, and they're like, hey, you should do this. I'm like, oh, cool, thank you. And, but before then, there wasn't actually a way to fix it. <laughs> you see? So we're like, I could have spent those three days just... Um, wasting my time, not being able to fix anything, stressing over it and all that other stuff. But I just got back to work and had some fun. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's, that's the other thing. It's like, But I also did another way earlier where I actually spent that whole time just stressing over it and then someone came along and fixed it for me and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then the fourth one, that's my fourth step that I do, is actually do what God tells you. <laughs> Um, so this may sound pretty obvious, but it's hard to do what God tells you to do when you're a bit unsure. So we're still talking about the system. It was like the day after they'd fixed that system. Well, fixed it. Uh, <laughs> it was partly fixed, and then there was another problem. And I was like, but the, it, was, it was somewhat working. I had this feeling. It's like, I need to just do this thing where I re push a button, release the solutions, and everything will be working fine. But as anyone who do, who's done code or, you know, that thing where you've... You haven't touched something for three years, and then you're like, try to do it again. You're like, I'm not even sure if this is going to work. And like, it could be truly broken now. <laughs> it, was, it was like that. So I was like, uh, and then so, and then I'm like, you know what? I just feel I really need to do it. It's like, you know what I'll do? I'll get our support supplier to tell me what to do, because then if it, it breaks, it's on them and they can fix it. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so I was like, oh, yeah. And then, so I ring him up. The connections weren't very good. He could barely hear us. We could barely hear them. It was like three hours going on, and God really got me. He's like, it's already broken. How much more can it be? How much more broken can it be? And also, how much longer do you want to sit in this boring conversation? <laughs> I'm like, God, you got me. <laughs> I'm so bored, it's not funny. <laughs> so um, I went upstairs. Did the thing, fixed it, come back downstairs, and just as my, uh, just as I was coming down to tell my boss was fixed, he came up to tell me, the guy said, I should try re-releasing those solutions, and they'll probably fix it. And I was like, oh yeah, it's done. But the moral of that story is, you save yourself a lot of time and boring conversations if you do what God tells you to do. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just a little thing of my, how I hear from God, and like just the the awesome faith, or like just the awesome te from like how I got it from all the awesome teaching we had, that a repeatable step of how to keep on keep on getting your answers. Awesome. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks, Bevan. That was awesome. There is a good practical outworking of faith, and uh, uh, just while the guys are swapping around microphones, how many of you know that faith? It's not just for Sunday. It's for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And faith is not just for, for home. Faith is for work. Faith is for every area of our lives. So that was really cool, Bevan. Thank you so much. As you might have gathered, uh, Bevan uh, lives in the IT world, as well as does Luke, actually. These guys, these guys are IT uh, people. But Heidi is the businesswoman. And uh, Heidi is going to come now to share with us because uh, she runs a dance school and uh, for all intents and purposes, as I can get her doing very well. So come on up, Heidi, and talk to us. Thank you. Morning, guys. Am I working? Yes, I am. Thanks, Pastor. How are you doing, guys? You are good? I'm so excited. I've always wanted to wear one of these. This is like a dream come true. Yes. Highlight of the day. 
So good morning, everybody. Bev, that was so good. That was just so awesome to listen to. Great laughs. Thank you. Cool. So I'm going to start. I'm going to pray first, and then I'm going to get into my message. So thank you, Father, for such an awesome day. I thank you that you have given us the opportunity to, to do this. This is a really a real privilege and a real honor. And I just thank you, Father God, that you say through us what you want to be said, Father God, that your word is alive, that it's living, and that it changes people. So I just thank you, Father, for your peace, for that you, and I just welcome you, Holy Spirit, to just come and have your way today, that you do what needs to be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. Whew. Pretty warm up here too. Yes. Okay. So uh, today my message is about... Uh, choosing to believe what God says about you. So, as all of you know, we live, I'm going to change a bit of a tack. Bev had a great last time. This is a little bit more serious. So, we're going to mix it up, keep it interesting. So, we live in a world where we are constantly bombarded with messages. You guys know this. We Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, media, everywhere. There's messages that are telling us that we are, somehow we fall short. Somehow we're not good enough. Um, there's just those ideas are always in our, in our eyes, in our mind. So due to those messages that we're fed, due to the experiences that we have, and just due to life in general, sometimes many people struggle with feelings of fear, of anxiety, feelings that you're just not good enough, um, feelings of worry, feelings of oh, I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not handsome enough. Um, the list goes on. Uh, but despite how you feel, so this is what I'm talking about today, despite how you feel, God says that you are enough. He says that you are loved, that you are not alone, that you don't have to be afraid and that you don't actually have to be anxious. All those things, you don't have to feel those. Um, so what, God's, what God says in his word is true. That's the truth. That's bottom line. That's the end. So if your thoughts and your feelings don't line up with that, that means that your thoughts and feelings aren't actually true. Um, the thoughts that we think and the words that we say, we've all heard this lots, they shape our lives. They're so powerful. What you think, what you say, that is what you have. And you, that's not even just in church circles. The whole idea of like positive affirmations, it's, it's out, out there as well. So what you, what you say, what you think, that shapes you, shapes your life. So it's super important that what we're thinking and what we're saying lines up with what God says that we are, what we have, yeah. Because then that means that we get to live the huge life that he has for us, which who doesn't want to live that? Um, faith means to trust and to believe. That's the essence of what faith is, to trust and to believe. Uh, having faith in who God says that I'm means that I choose to believe what he says about me, regardless of what my mind is telling me, because that doesn't always line up with what God says about me. Uh, in Romans 12, 12, this is taken uh, from the Victory Program. It says, I'm not conformed to this world, but I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. Therefore, I'm proving what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God for my life. So basically, renewing our minds just means that we're changing our thoughts and our thought patterns and our words to line up with what God says about us, which is what is in the Bible, which is true. Um... We renew our mind by replacing our negative and untrue thoughts with the positive and absolute truth that is God's word. 
finding, you do this by finding scriptures. So find, you're getting the Victory Code program, getting your Bible, finding scriptures that apply to your personal situation that's different for everybody and making your thoughts line up with what God says about you. So this principle of replacing thoughts isn't actually, well, it's from the Bible originally, clearly, but it's also used in sports psychology. Um, there's a method in sports psychology called substitution. So substitution is used to help athletes if they're feeling anxious, if they're feeling worried, if they're feeling nervous, uh, to deal with those negative thoughts and help them to control their anxiety and control their stress levels so that they can, uh, they can operate and compete at their prime, at their, the best that they can. So how that works is that basically you take your negative thoughts and replace them with a positive thought. Pretty simple. So that's, I mean, that's nice and easy, hey? Um, and that's exactly how you train, we train our mind to line up with God says about, what God says about us. You take the negative thought that might be, I'm not very smart, I can't learn, I can't do exams, whatever your situation is, but, and then replace that with, hold up. But I have the mind of Christ, and I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So just switching that out, and then you'll start to see yourself and your thoughts and your words line up with what God says about you. So I'm going to share with you guys how uh, I did that in an area in my life. So, as many women would agree, probably, probably men too, but the, your body image and your weight it plays a huge part in your life. So especially when you're, like, when you're a teenager, well, basically all the time, it's a big part of who you are. So um, for a big part of, for a long time, actually, I believed lies about myself. Like, basically, if you don't weigh this much, then you're not good enough. If I, if I weigh this much, then actually, finally, I might be happy and I might be satisfied with myself. If I um, am this particular size, then I can be, I'll be valued and I'll be able to be worthy of just loving myself, basically. But that is uh, not true. So <laughs> I, I believed heaps of lies about myself for a long time. So as a teenager and as a, a young adult, actually, I was really fixated on that, on um, body image, thoughts of food, thoughts of exercise, diet, all just really consumed my mind. Um, and it wasn't... So I'm sure most of you, lots of you can probably understand, it's not always what's going on in your mind isn't always obvious to the outside world. So for me, like, it wasn't necessarily probably obvious to everyone that it was a huge issue for me, but in my mind, it was all-consuming, literally, just in my mind, thoughts of like, okay, so if I work out today, then I might get down to this weight, or if I eat this, then I can do this, or just all the time, constantly. Um, I was, so I was just really consumed with that. But the, the light, that lie of having to be a particular size or a particular weight always just made me feel like I was falling short. Um, and it was exactly that. It was a lie because God made me how I was. And he wanted me to be free. That's the key. Health is important, but he wanted me to be free in my mind. So... That just took up so much of, all those thoughts just took up so much of my mind space. Like, it was like a, an addiction, like a, uh, like a default, like a habit that my thoughts always went back to. Um, and lived with, like, every time I ate something that I tell myself I shouldn't, I felt guilty. If I didn't exercise how I thought I should, I felt guilty. Blah, blah, blah. It's not fun. So, 
it's just, but so many people live with those all-consuming thoughts, not necessarily in that area, but in the area of maybe fear. You might be worried, you might be anxious about stuff, and that's just constantly going on in your mind. Thoughts of um, even sometimes like wrong relationships that can really be, or people can be just constantly on your mind. So those thoughts really just kept me from living in the fullness of what God had for me. Um, I did lots of different diets, had some strange eating patterns for a while, but it was really just the thoughts, it, not just, but the, the mindset was what kept me kind of in bondage to living a small life, not the life that God wanted for me. It was like, I'm going to give you an example of this, so just bear with me while I get my little tech stuff ready. So these thoughts, constantly in your mind, whatever they may be, fear, anything, are like having white noise. Babies like white noise, adults, not so much. So I'm gonna, so it's like this. I'm gonna play this feed and see if you, hopefully you can hear it. So, can you hear that? Where's my mind? Yeah. So that was constantly in my mind. But not, it wasn't, that didn't sound like that. But it sounded like, no, so uh, if you eat, it's just these thoughts all the time. If you, if you exercise this, you're not good enough. If you have to be this size to be this happy, to be worthy. So constantly, that white noise was like, it's not cool. Just like that. I know I sound just like that. So that's what, that's what it felt like. Um, and yeah, like I say, anxiety, people live with that, and anxiety, with fear, so many different areas. But I don't, know, I don't really remember what the catalyst was, but it got to the point when I was like, this is enough. Man, I need to do something about this. I need to make sure that my, what I'm thinking actually lines up with what God says about me because I was just tired of being consumed by this in my mind all the time. Um, it was not an easy process. <laughs> I had to override years of lies uh, and replace them with the truth of what God said. So when you are looking at a situation or you're looking at yourself, and what God says about you is the opposite of what your mind is telling you, you know that it takes faith to believe what God says. It takes faith to be like, okay, God this is what I think, this is what my mind is telling me, or this is how a situation looks, but it takes faith to be like, but regardless of that, I'm going to choose to believe what you say about me. I'm going to choose to believe what you say about this situation because that's what's true. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I'd way rather believe God, who actually loves me and who thinks I'm just the bee's knees, <laughs> compared to my mind that's like, unless you do this, you're not good enough. Unless you do this, you're not good enough. Well, I'd, rather, I'd pick listening to God every time. Um, so that's what I did. I substituted my negative thoughts with God's truth and what he says about me. I found scriptures in the Victory Program. I found scriptures in the Bible and read them, listened to them, spoke them over myself. So I was retraining my thought patterns all the time. I uh, This little gray book here. I wrote the scriptures down so that they were easily accessible to me. So I've written them down on different pages, and then I could just take that with me. This was before the days of cool smartphones, so where I just you just put it on your phone now. But I had to have this cool, trusty book. So I'd have find scriptures. So things like I'd say for myself every day, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything because you're you're choosing to break those thought patterns. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without fault, and it will be given to him. And things like, 
Uh, this is a real good one. Well, they're all good. But I'm not a child of bondage, but a child of the free. I stand in the liberty by which Christ has made me free, and I will not be entangled again with any yoke of bondage. So just renewing, putting those thoughts in my mind meant that the lies didn't have so much power. Um, it took, so I'd take specific time each day. I remember getting up early to like speak those, the truth out over myself, but also take like consistently during the day or whenever you came up with a certain, to a certain situation. So there was a piece of brownie and I was like, oh, should I eat this brownie? I really want to eat this brownie. Should I? Uh, uh. No. If you eat that brownie, you have to. But you know, and being like in that situation, no. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm not controlled by a piece of brownie. If I want to eat a piece of brownie, I can eat a piece of brownie. It's not going to, you know, it's not the end of the world. And just stopping my thoughts consistently. So that was um, same kind of idea of what they talk about being positive affirmations. You're just constantly reminding yourself of good things. In our case, it's God's word, which has life and is transformative. So it's got that power. So I'm going to give you a visual representation of what this was like for me. One moment, please. I've made this sweet hat, guys. Look at this. Maybe if you're lucky, I might be selling these, sell them on trade or something afterwards. Yeah, so I've made this hat here to give you a visual representation. It's very like, disconcerting. <laughs> a visual representation of what it feels like when your mind is consumed by something. So these you can see here, I've got some chocolates, got some lollies, got some, oh, I don't know if you can see these, dumbbells, bit of cake, some scales. So these, these here represent the thoughts that were in my mind. Thoughts that were constantly, these are in my eyes, very distracting. They, well, they stop me from being able to see properly. That's exactly what lies do. They stop you from being able to see God's plan for you. They stop you from, they distract you from what God has for you. So this is, oh my gosh, not quite, pretend that didn't happen. So, um, so as I started, and they go, these lies, these thoughts go with you everywhere that you go. You can't get away from, they're just with you all the time. I need to be still so they stop falling off. Uh, so as I started to speak God's word and change the way that my thoughts, um, what my thoughts were and change what I believe about myself, slowly but surely I started to be able to see who God says that I was. I started to have freedom in my mind. So as I told myself, I'm created in the image of God to be like him, to glorify him in human form. God makes nothing inferior. He is first class all the way. Before I was born, I existed in the mind of God. He planned me with a special purpose that I shall fulfill. I am made for life and love, for power and prosperity, for success and dignity. These thoughts lose their power. As I reminded myself, I meditate on those things that are true, which, whatever is noble, whatever is just, what is pure, lovely, of good report, those things that are virtuous and praiseworthy. And because of this, the peace of God is with me. Slowly, my vision clears. As I continue to say, I accept the value that God has placed upon me, for I am his workmanship. More and more freedom came. Until one day... <laughs> It was, 
And that's what you can have. So one day, I was just like, you know what? This stuff doesn't have a hold over me anymore. My mind is not constantly consumed by these lies that I'm not good enough and that I have to be this particular way. And for the past, I don't know how many years, I've honestly, I can live in absolute freedom. That's just not a thing for me anymore. And so to look back and be like, man, I just remember how consumed my mind was by that, to now... It's so awesome. So it's really awesome to be able to experience that freedom. I'm just going to take this off. I reckon my hairdo. <laughs> so um, believing lies about yourself, whatever they may be, they keep you living a contained and small life. They keep you small. That's what lies do. Keep you small so that you can't live that huge life that God has for you. Um, and that's not the life that God wants you to have. He wants you to have, he said that he came that you might have life and have it abundantly. So as we change our thoughts to line up with what God says about us, we can step into that full life that he has for us. He wants us to have confidence in who he says that we are. Um, I saw a really awesome example of confidence. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't restart that, so I'm not sure of what's going on. Cool. Yep. Um, of confidence, I went to America a couple of years ago with mum um, for a business trip. So I run a dance school, and I went to America, uh, went to New York, which was just amazing, guys. If you get a chance, you should go there. It was so cool. But I went and uh, did some classes at a dance. I took part in some classes at a, at a uh, dance school in New York that's huge, world, worldwide, um, that uh, has hundreds and hundreds of classes happening per week. And so the thing that stuck out to me, and I actually took this back and talked to my dance students about this, was just how incredibly confident those Americans were. Yeah. They were just like, up the front, look at me, nothing. There was no thought of like, oh, just like sneaking to the back, none of that. They were like, guys, I'm the best, look at me go. And it was just so cool seeing that confidence. There was no, there was no point in a class where they would pull back. In New Zealand, we have a little bit of that whole tall poppy syndrome, you know, we don't really like to blow our own trumpet. So it was really refreshing to see people just give it everything they've got and See, and just because they had that pure belief and that pure confidence in themselves, that's what God wants us to feel about ourselves. He wants us to think that we are just awesome. So when I was preparing for this message, I typed into Google, what is the definition of faith? But I accidentally left the H off. So it came up with, with fate accompli instead. I had to check how to say that with Cheryl. Thanks, Cheryl. Um, so I thought to myself, oh, I wonder what that actually means. What's the actual definition of that? And it turns out the definition of fate accompli is accomplished fact. And I thought, holy smokes, that's just so cool. That is exactly what God's truth about us is. It's already an accomplished fact. It's already an accomplished fact that we are free. It's already an accomplished fact that we are loved. It's already an accomplished fact that we are bold, that we are healed. It's already done. It's already finished. It's already, it's, it is actually done. We just have to believe that. So that's, that just really stuck out to me. I was like, yeah, that's super cool. I love that. Um, so all we have to do is just believe and speak and change our thoughts to line up with what God says. 
everyone has different areas in their lives where their thoughts don't line up with what God says about them. You will all have your own personal experiences of this. There's different areas in my life that I'm working on now on lining up with what God says about me. But it's reminding yourself that, okay, so this is how I feel, and this is what my mind says, but what does God say? Maybe you are struggling with fear. Maybe that's something that you deal with, and that's kind of your all-consuming thing. But God says you haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Maybe you're dealing with anxiety, and you're just a little anxious about things, that, and it's just always there. But God says, be anxious for nothing. In everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Maybe you're feeling like you don't matter, that you, you're unloved, that you're insignificant. But God says, long before, this is so good, I love this one, long before he laid the earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Before God even created, planned the world, he, he, created, he had you in mind. Before he even created the world, he's like, ah, oh, yeah. See that person down there? Thinking of them. Like, that's just how much he loves us. Um, maybe you're dealing with loneliness, but, and God says the truth of that matter is that God says that he's never going to leave you, so you've always got someone there for you. Um, having faith to believe who God says you are takes faith. It takes, it takes that active, like, okay, I choose to believe this no matter what. My mind or my circumstances are telling me. But you're so precious to God, and he wants you to believe the truth of what he says about you, because then in that way, you can just live, step into that huge life that he has planned for you. Um, I was going to play a song, but I think I've run out of time. So I'm just going to read the lyrics to you. Um, God, music is something that really speaks to me. That's how God speaks to me. Music is a huge part of my life. And that's how lots of times I'll be listening to songs and God's like, yep, just dropping things into, me, like, into my spirit. So the, um, the, this song is called You Say. And the lyrics say, uh, I keep finding voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. You say I'm loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I'm strong when I think I'm weak. You say I'm held when I'm falling short. When I don't believe, you say I'm yours. When I don't belong, sorry, you say I'm yours. And I believe what you say of me. The only thing that matters now is everything that you think of me. In you I find my worth, in you I find my identity. And then it repeats the chorus. So those lyrics, though, how powerful is that? Just reminding. And that's another thing you can do. That's another thing that, to be honest, that I do when I am dealing with stuff is I just put on some music that speaks to me and I just listen to that and let that go through my mind. Let God speak to me that way. Um, so, yeah, that song was just really awesome. And those lyrics were super powerful. I thought that was a cool, really cool representation of kind of tied up my message quite quite nicely. So, um, yeah, it's really cool, guys, that you get to um, live the life that God has for you as you line up your thoughts and your words with what God says. So thank you, God, for... 
uh, the opportunity to just bring a message today, and I thank you, God, for your freedom for everybody. I thank you, God, that you're just pinpointing things that they need, that people need to line up with your word, and that you are more than able to set, set them free and bring that freedom as they just focus and have faith in what you say. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Wonderful. Thanks, Hayden. That was awesome. Wow, how cool is that, eh? Choosing to believe what God says about us. That is just so wonderful. And freedom in the mind. I mean, gosh, how important is that? That was just excellent. Great example, great illustration there, Heidi. Thank you. And just while the guys are swapping around their uh, microphones, uh, let me just say that there will be some time left afterwards uh, to pray for different ones. So if any of those areas has really stirred your heart and you want any of them to pray for you, then I'd encourage you to get down the front as soon as uh, uh, Luke finishes. And we'll be right there, but we'll get them to pray for you because they're flowing out of their own personal revelation that uh, if you draw on, 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 you know, on that revelation and on the anointing, uh, you will have... Uh, uh, you know, you'll get great benefit from that. All right, but last but not least, we've got Luke there who is going to finish things off and uh, share with us this morning. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Pastor. Man, the power team. I like it, Pastor. I'm on board. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to the next members of the power team stepping up. You know who you are. Be pretty good. Now, that really was... Um, that's been amazing. There's some, some great truths, some great wisdom being shared there. And... Um, yeah, like they're saying, it's from growing, growing up here. Mm. So, it's like, yeah, like the others, I've been asked to share a bit about faith and, and my journey. And, um, and firstly, I, I want to say Pastor Vanessa is a great example of faith. Um, declaring these past few weeks in the notices that we're going to have some amazing <laughs> mystery speakers. I would, I would laugh a bit when I heard her say it, knowing one of them was me. <laughs> But I, would also, I was also saying, amen, you know, I was agreeing with her faith, you know, and um, our, our pastors are such genuine people, um, they, they're so faithful and with such a heart after God, we are so blessed to have them, and I just want to say thank you so much for the opportunity, and um, yeah, I, I, and for your trust in me, you know, it's really Really great. And I just want to start praying and say, Dearly Father, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for the words that have already been spoken that are just seeding into people's hearts, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for open hearts, Lord, and open heaven, Lord. And uh, thank you, Father, you just used me to speak your truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so a little bit about me. Um, I, I was a founding member of this church. <laughs> Uh, about 30 years ago when I was all of three or four years old. Um, we don't get cool membership cards or anything. Maybe an idea. I don't know. <laughs> Could be quite cool. But, um, but yeah, this is, um, as Pastor said, this is where we've grown up um, or grown old. It's one of those two. Um, I'm, I'm married to a beautiful lady called Cheryl. Um, we, met, we met here at church and got married in this very building. And uh, next year will be our 10th wedding anniversary. So um, I imagine that makes some people here feel old, uh, especially me. So um, we have three amazing children aged five and under. We've got Honor, Lexi, and Milo. And um, yeah, I guess before I start talking about faith, being Appreciation Sunday, I just want to talk a little bit about being planted in the house. It, it says in Psalm 92 verse 12, think I've got scriptures. Yes. Thanks, guys. Tech team, unappreciated. <laughs> they, um, it says in Psalm 92, it says, He shall grow like a, 
Uh, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. It says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And I know um, just why he has been using these scriptures promoting joining some of the ministry teams. So here's my plug, you know. Um, being planted is not just turning up on a Sunday. Uh, it's about doing life together. It's about submitting to the leadership of the pastors and bringing the gifts and talents you've been blessed with and serving others. And um, being in the serving teams um, provides an opportunity to connect with people and to stretch and grow. And also when you've said yes to one opportunity, then you get more and more opportunities. And, um, and my advice is to say yes, you know, um, especially if it freaks you out a wee bit, you know. I think you're on the right path. And um, I've been part of some pretty amazing and cool things saying yes to God. Now, um, back, back to the word. Talking about, talking about the righteous man, in Psalm 1 verse 3, it says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. And um, I was talking with God about this in, in preparation, about this being a planted tree thing. And um, he gave me something to share, which I thought was quite cool. Um, when I was reflecting back... I was reminded about the times, yes, there was more than one, where I was called into pastor's office to receive wisdom, um, advice, and a bit of course correction about areas in my life. And um, pastor has a lot of responsibility. Uh, he's a shepherd, um, but in this analogy, he's also a gardener. And I think if you're a planter in the house, then you open yourself up to being pruned. And... Um, I looked up why you prune trees, and I found this. It said, pruning can stimulate growth in sparse areas of the tree. Pruning can also restrict growth where too much growth is undesirable. Dead, damaged, and diseased branches should be removed as soon as possible. <laughs> and, and I thought that fits so well. You know, being pruned is not always pleasant or easy, but it benefits our growth and our life in the long term. And... and um, being plants in this church has also meant that I've heard some amazing foundational faith-building messages, and these truths have become ingrained in me. For example, I've learned that God has made me righteous, so I can claim this last scripture for myself. I am like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever I do shall prosper. Knowing this and declaring this means that I'm starting to set expectations in my mind. It moves me from a place of hoping God is going to do something to expecting God to do something, which is what faith is all about. Before I go on, one of the foundational truths um, is, um, is that I believe that the Holy Bible is the inspired word of God and that it is true. And uh, it says in 2 Timothy 3.16, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And reading and hearing the word, like Haiti was talking about before, I believe that I am who God says I am. I can do what he says I can do, and I can have what he says I can have. And um, we've been taught that, you know, over and over and over again. 
and, it, and it, it's getting in there, it's ingrained, like I was saying. It says in uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to bring you a hope and a future. All of these plans were going well, I thought, until 2008. <laughs> I was uh, 23 years old, working for a, a small, well-established IT company. It was my dad's company. And I'd been working there for five years and was essentially running the day-to-day -day operations. Um, I was in the worship team at church. I was a youth leader. I was dating this beautiful girl that I was in love with. Things were going well, you know. And uh, my dad was moving on to some new business ventures, and the opportunity was presented to me to take over the company. It was not something I was overly confident about, but it seemed like the next step, and I really didn't want to let people down, especially my dad. And I won't go into all the details, but I had some wise counsel from my Uncle Steve. And it wasn't easy to hear, but he was safeguarding me and my dad's relationship and my future. And the outcome was that I wasn't running my own company. Instead, I was looking for a new job. <laughs> and um, it, was a pretty, it was a pretty big blow to the confidence. And I didn't have a great sense of self-worth at the time. And I started wondering, hey, God, what is the plan here? You know? And um, one thing I had figured out, though, and um, kind of like what Bevan was talking about, being, you know, being led by peace, um, was that Cheryl was the girl I wanted to marry. So I went and bought the engagement ring. It was kind of cheeky, actually, I remember, because I got finance for the ring, and they asked for my current payslip, and I didn't mention that it was my last payslip. Um, <laughs> Um, Benita from our cap team would probably like me to say this is not a wise financial decision. Um, a disclaimer, if you will. So. I, was, I was really rocked, and so I did what I know to do in these situations, and I pressed further into God. And um, Arise was having a conference in town. I didn't really have the money for it, but I thought, hey, this is an investment in my future, and I bought a ticket. And uh, it was a great decision. I had the best time. I, I find I think best when I'm in his presence. And he gets the chance to correct some of my thinking. And um, because I'm a, I'm a worshiper as well, so I know that when I draw near to God, he draws near to, near to me. And, and, and in his presence, you know, there's fullness of joy. And so I was reminded that God has a plan, and I just need to put my trust in him. And so... Honestly, it was, um, it was about three weeks later, I was now engaged, and I had a new job, and that job um, paid 50% more than my last job. You know, God is good, amen? And um, looking back, I'm so grateful for the change in direction, because I think I avoided some tough times by trusting in God. Um, it didn't feel like, man, this, this is not the future, the plan, the thing that I thought that I was heading towards. Um, but by trusting in God, I really dodged like a lot of, a lot of heartache, you know. Um, I'm not saying things couldn't work out with God trusting in Him because He can cause all things to work out for those that believe in Him. But definitely there's God's best and then there's God getting you back to where you need to be. And so, yeah, so that was good. So... My current um, favorite faith story in the Bible is the one about the centurion soldier. It says in uh, Matthew, it's in Matthew chapter 8, I'll, I'll read it to you guys. 
It says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another one, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Now, isn't that so cool? I, the, the scripture there doesn't tell us much about the servant's state of mind. You know, it doesn't, we don't know what they were thinking about the whole thing. As far as I can tell, though, apart from being healed, they weren't really that involved. <laughs> and um, that is some next level stuff, I'm telling you. Uh, having faith on someone else's behalf is, is, is what I get for this, from that story. And um, you know, I tell you what, I'm, I am so thankful for the faithful, faithful prayers of people in this house. You know, Asinati and Norma and Jenny and I know there's others, but people that have been praying for me all of my life. I wonder if you ever get a view in heaven of the things you avoided due to spiritual intervention. I was thinking about um, this in the context of an old cartoon. And so I think this is like, if it will, um, if it will work. So it's kind of like this. You know, you're just, you're just kind of oblivious, oblivious to it, but, um, you know, you don't know what you avoided. You don't know what, what was going on, but, um, yeah, it's really good. And, um, yeah, as a husband and a dad, um, I find that I'm now responsible for more than just myself. You know, I, I have to expand my faith so it's now covering not just me, but my family. And, um, and so for me, that's why I think I like this story so much, because it's about having faith for other people. And, um, and so, um, oh, they're anointing. Yes. Um, when Cheryl was pregnant with our third child, we had some scans and tests, as you do. Um, oh, thank So yeah, we had some some tests that you do around the 12-week 12, 12 mark, and um, oh, this is not that emotional, I'll tell you. <laughs> we, um, yeah, we got a call from the midwife to say that, that one of the tests had come back, um, suggesting that if it was a girl, then there was a low chance that she could have a particular syndrome, and... Um, yeah, so if later scans kind of revealed it was a girl, then there were further tests that could be done, but they were not without risk. And, um, you know, this is not the, the news we we're expecting to hear. You know, um, I wanted a boy, and um, I talked to God about that, but all I truly asked for was a healthy baby. You know, that's what my faith, 
was four. Um, I think with with Lexi, uh, who's our second child, you know, at that stage I was thinking, a, a boy, yeah, God, a boy, that'd be cool. And there was a girl, and I'm going, oh. And then, and then you think, man, God, you absolutely got that right, because now, you know, you've got Lexi, and she's Lexi, and you can't, I can't imagine her being anything different, you know. And so, so, I, so with the third one, I wasn't kind of going, God, I need a scripture for it being a boy, you know. I was, you, know you, you, you know what I mean? I, 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 that was the desire of my heart, but a girl would be just as good, you know. Um, and so, so, so yeah, so we had this news, and, and it's not the news you're expecting to hear, and it's fair to say that emotions are running high, you know, and um, it says in First Peter 5, 7, it says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And I really like that the scripture doesn't stop there. It goes on and says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. And, um, you know, growing up here, we know we, we don't go by our emotions. You know, we don't go by what we see. We go by God's word, and we speak, speak God's word into the situation, and that's what we did. And um, it says in Psalm 29, 11, it says, The Lord gives strength to his people and blesses them with peace. And I think peace has been a bit of a, a, a flow here tonight, uh, this morning. And, um, and we really felt that. We felt God's peace. And about six, six weeks later, we met with the obstetrician. And he told us that we're having a baby boy. And, uh, and so it was an answer to, to more than one prayer, you know. And, um, it, you know, if he had said it was a girl, then we still would have had God's peace about it. And... Um, yeah, we are so. I mean, we are so grateful that we are planted in the house and have been equipped to fight the good fight of faith. Yeah. I mean, we're still learning and growing in our understanding, but we are putting our trust in God all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs>